Welcome to Momentum Church. My name is Brian Shaw, and I'll introduce myself to you here in just a moment. But I was thinking about how much greater his ways are. And this past week, uh, I, have a little, I have two little boys, but one is at the age where he can stand, the other can't, you know, <laughs> baby. But I was in the kitchen, and I was telling my son, Preston, which is uh, six years old, and uh, I said, hey, buddy, you need to help get the dishwasher unloaded. He's like, okay, dad. And uh, if you know him or his personality, it's, it's bigger than life. And I said, dude, you need to get the dishwasher unloaded. Mommy's going to come home, and she asked that would be done. All right. I said, you want to listen to some music? Yeah, I want to listen to some music. <clears throat> I didn't tell people in the first service this, so you guys get a little bonus. Typically, he'll say, yeah, I want, <laughs> I want to listen to that Iron Man. I'm like, dude, you can't be listening to Iron Man. Like, mommy... So he, he likes rock and roll. Or I want to listen to ACDC. I'm like, you can't be saying that. Like, it's a Christian household. So, I'll, so what I'll do is I'll just play like the intro of like the guitar. He wants to hear the guitar. I can't blame him. I love guitar too. And so he'll be like, yeah. And then the words come on and I just like fade it down. I play the Gaithers or something. No, but I'm like, so I'm like, okay, buddy. I said, hey, I said, I got a playlist of worship music and then I got a playlist that's kind of like old school worship music. He doesn't even know what that means. I said, I, if, if you know me at all, I grew up in a Pentecostal type of church. So um, there's just a lot of energy. And I said, but I got, <clears throat> I said, I got, I got this old school playlist that I like. And he said, okay, daddy, let's play it. I said, here you go, buddy. And you may know this song. Maybe you don't know this song. But look what the Lord has done. And it was like, look what the Lord has done. You know what I'm talking about? Look what he healed my body. Hey, he healed my mind. And my son's over there dancing. Well, he's twerking. It was. <laughs> I, said, I said, don't do that at church. I was like, I was like oh, my. Oh, it was not good. I was like, settle down, settle down, simmer, simmer. And, uh, but he had a good time. Um, I don't know why I told you that story. It blessed my heart. I thought it might, be, it might bless your heart too. It was just so funny. I was like, oh my goodness, I got to tell somebody this. And because uh, it was only me there. So my name is Brian Shaw. And uh, like I said, I've got a wonderful family. My wife, Leah, we've been married for 11 years. I know. She's so good. It feels like I got married yesterday. And uh, 11 years. And uh, we've got two sons. There's a picture of us. That's my son, Preston, the one that was um, in the kitchen dancing. And uh, this is my other son, Max, Maxwell. And that, that picture's, uh, you know, a newborn picture. So, like, he is, let's see, he turned five months. And so he's a lot bigger. Like he, almost like he ate himself. He's huge. <laughs> so I'm like, I've got some big boys. I'm not a very big guy. I'm like, what's going on here? I was like... <laughs> By the time they're 10, they're going to be taking care of me. <laughs> I'm okay with that. So I was like, all right. But I have a wonderful family. I love, I love them dearly. Uh, we moved here to Georgia in 2021, the beginning of the year. So we've been here a little while. There's a few things that I've noticed while moving here. Um, it's just like people talk, you know, different wherever you move. And that's cool. I mean, God's made us all in all different ways, right? So it's, it's cool that people use different words and they talk different. But one of the things that I say a lot, and maybe it will change over time, but one of the things that I say a lot is you guys, because I'm from the North. So it doesn't matter if it's a room full of ladies, if it's a room full of men, it doesn't matter if it's a room full of kids. 
It doesn't matter if it's my own family. I'm just going to say, you guys. It's just, that's what I've said for years. But here in the South, you say, y'all. I kind of like y'all better. Doesn't get me in trouble. The world's kind of weird right now. And if you say you guys to the wrong people, they may correct you and tell you to say you all. So I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not, I'm not trying to be offensive. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so it's you all. There's another thing that I realized too while moving here in the South is that there's a cult that rises up here in the fall. Now, some of you know where I'm going with this. This cult is called college football. See what I'm saying? And that's okay with me because I'm from Ohio. Come on. OH? Thank you. You guys didn't know that was going to happen, did you? Representing up in the house. I'm about to fill the Lord this morning. Amen? Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. So I'm a big Buckeye fan. That's okay if you're a Georgia fan. They're doing great. There's another team that isn't doing so great, and they're a big team. And anytime they lose, I'm okay with that. But I don't want to offend anybody. Alabama. <clears throat> so, um, <laughs> almost lost yesterday, too. I was like, this is crazy. Uh, made my day. I was like, I got to preach. I was like, I was like, I got to preach tomorrow. I was like, I, come on, Lord. Um, but yeah, so been married 11 years. I got a wonderful family. And things that I like, I didn't tell people in the first service, but a few things that I like, and we'll get into the message, don't worry, the word is coming. A few things that I like, it has to be like a podcast. We got any people that listen to podcasts? Am I the only nerd out there? All right, nerds, thank you. Uh, I'm just kidding. Podcasts are great because it's like you can listen to a whole book like in a half hour, an hour a lot of times, right? Of like the smartest minds in the world. There's a guy that I like to listen to, and his podcast is all on leadership. And I love podcasts on leadership. I, I, usually I walk away and I'm like, thank the Lord, I'm doing like 2% of that right. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh man, I really, I really need to catch up. But um, his podcast is great. And one of the things that this guy always says, his name's Chad Beach, he's a pastor in California. One of the things that he always says on his, he has a podcast on leadership and it's called, uh, what is his podcast called? It's about, about leaning in. Um, I don't I remember. It's a podcast, whatever. But one of the things that he always says is that we need leaners. So this morning, what I would love for you to do is be leaners. What does that mean? That means to lean in. Okay, lean into what God's doing. If anything, if what I say doesn't maybe connect with you as much, let the word of God connect with you. Don't waste your time because a lot of times we can come to church and we can sit there. I don't know if we came for the right reasons or not. I've been there myself. But one thing that I try to do is if I'm going to spend time here, I'm going to learn something. Amen? I'm going to lean in. I'm going to learn something. So when I leave, I feel like my time was spent well. It was spent in the presence of God. I learned something, and now I can tell somebody else about it. Right? When the good news is that good, how could you keep it to yourself? You've got to tell somebody. Amen? Amen. All right. So those are some things that I've noticed. Um, my wife couldn't be here this morning. She is with Max, our little baby. He's not feeling good. And uh, broke her heart yesterday because she was, she was actually supposed to play piano too. And she loves the church. I love the church. So we're really involved. And she was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get, play piano. She's like, but I'm not going to get to hear you preach. I'm like, you hear me talk all the time. <laughs> I'd be sick of myself. So she's at home. And I told her, I said, uh, you just take care of him. But I want to honor her a little bit because, uh, you know, when you have a great spouse, you should recognize that and honor people. We live in a day and age where cancel culture is the norm, right? 
Everything is getting canceled. Cancel this person, cancel that person. Oh, they offended me, they offended that. And I understand sometimes that people should watch what they say, but to be quite honest with you, I don't like cancel culture. I like a can uh, culture that celebrates people. I want a culture that honors people. So honoring my wife, my wife has just been, I'm telling you what, if we were the Chicago Bulls of the 90s, not the ones now, but if we were the Chicago Bulls of the 90s, my wife would be Michael Jordan, I'd be Scottie Pippen. You know what I'm saying? Just give her the ball, let her score. <laughs> Supporting role. <laughs> there you go, honey. No, we support each other great. She's a wonderful, wonderful spouse, and uh, I love her dearly, and sorry she couldn't be here. She's either watching this or watched the first one. Probably watched the first one, um, but this is going to be a better one. Right, church? Yeah, yeah second service. <laughs> Two cups of coffee. Also, I want to honor our lead pastor, Pastor Ross and Amy. They're not here this morning. They are in a whole other country, which I will not say where they're at, even though he said it like a million times. <laughs> so you probably know where they're at. Um, but, <laughs> but I want to honor my uncle. That's my uncle. I don't know if you knew that or not. But um, we are related. That's where I get all my good looks from. <laughs> right? Like, oh, that's where I get all my... So if he sees this, Maybe that'll be enough. He'll let me preach again. If not, would you please tell him <laughs> so I can preach again? <laughs> but um, no, honestly, they're just the best. And um, they planted this church 100 years ago or something. <laughs> Feels like that now, right? And um, boy, the ups and downs of ministry can be tough sometimes. But uh, when you have a lead pastor that loves the Lord and loves people, the ups are way greater than the downs. And uh, just keep them in prayer. They're doing ministry work, like I said, in another country, helping other uh, pastors and their uh, spouses uh, just navigate the whole thing about being in ministry and stuff. I don't know all the details. I just know that they're being used by God there. So uh, just keep them in prayer. They'll be back next week, so you can hug their necks then. Until then, uh, let's just pray for them. So let me ask you this question today. And this question has stuck with me all week. Have you ever had fear come on you so strongly that you acted in a way you wish you hadn't? Have you ever had fear come upon you so strongly you acted in a way you wish you hadn't? Uh, probably about two or three years ago, my mom gives me a call. I love my mom. She's great. My dad's a pastor as well. And my mom's a pastor's wife, so they're wonderful people, and the craziest stories happen to my mom. I'm going to be quite honest with you. The craziest stuff. Like, stuff, you're not ready for this. I'm going to tell you. You ain't ready for this, okay? Because I wasn't ready for it. So she calls me. She says, hey, Brian. She's like, you'll never believe, you'll never guess what happened to me. And I'm like, Mom, I never believe what happens to you. <laughs> I don't believe anything you say. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I love her. I love her. Sorry, Mom. She's watching, I'm sure. And I said, well, what happened, Mom? She said, well, I went to Burlington Co. Factory last night. I said, okay. And in her own words, now, disclaimer, I called her and I said, hey, Mom. Uh, can I tell the story? And she was like, yeah, go ahead and tell the story. I said, well, I, I want all the fine details. She's like, okay. And she gave them to me. She said, Brian, she said, you know, in, my, in her own words, she said, Brian, I probably shouldn't have went through that late at night. Maybe a little discernment. Maybe spending money she shouldn't. I don't know. Uh, but she said, I'm going to Burlington Co. Factory because I want a purse. And she loves purses. That's her love language. My love language is coffee. Hers is purses. It's okay. So I said, okay, mom. She said, so I went to Burlington Co. Factory night to get this purse. I didn't have one in my collection. She's, she's got this huge collection. I said, okay. She said, while I'm at Burlington Co. Factory, she said, I get word that the place is being robbed. 
I'm like, well, that's not good. <laughs> I was like, so what happened? She said, well, there was a door out back, and they left it cracked, okay? And a guy just thought, hey, this is my opportunity to come through the back door and try to rob the place. Apparently, he got spooked, and they were able to get him out to the parking lot. The cops show up, the whole nine, and they get him, you know, take, they get it to kind of taken care of. But during that time, my mom is going through this fearful moment. Now, her first intention was not to go and hide, because that would be normal. Her first intention, love you, mom, was to get the purse she wanted. She's like, I'm not going to let the guy get my purse. I'm like, wait a minute, you did what? She's like, well, what if he came in to steal the purses? I'm like, mom, he's, there's nothing in the purses. He's not there to steal those, maybe the purse you currently have, I don't know, but not those purses. Like, what are you doing? So she's like, well, I had to get the purse. So she's, she's holding on to the purse and waiting it out. <laughs> and uh, she waits it out. And then before you know it, you know, she goes up to the, the cash register and they're like, well, we can't bring your purse up just yet because we're still trying to file like paperwork and open the store back up. And she's like, well, I'll just wait. So she waits. She gets, she gets the purse she wants, right? I'm telling you, fear of making act in ways you didn't think you would. So she gets the purse, purse that she wants, but the story doesn't stop there. No, it gets crazier. She said, so then, honey, I got in the car, and I decided I need to go to Walmart. <laughs> Haven't you had enough trauma for one day? Why are you going to Walmart? Like, what, what are you doing? So she's like, well, I need to finish my shopping. I'm like, okay, that's logical. So she, gets, she goes to Walmart. She gets done shopping at Walmart. She's standing, well, she, before she gets done, she's standing in the checkout, of course, getting ready to pay for her stuff. And there's a lady there with her little boy. And this little boy decides, I need to go to the bathroom. That's exactly what he did. My mom tells me, I feel something warm on my leg. <laughs> I'm like, this is too good. She's like, she's like Brian, he pulled his pants down and just started urinating all over my leg. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, that's absolutely crazy. I was like, I don't even know what she did. I think she just, they got the boy and said, I don't know, cleaned it up, I guess, clean up an aisle, whatever, you know. I was like, okay. I tell you this story because sometimes, you know, the truth is when fearful things are happening to us, when we're in a situation like maybe a Burlington coat factory is getting robbed, we can act in ways we probably didn't think we would, <laughs> just grabbing a purse and not taking for cover. Or if you're at a Walmart and a little boy's peeing on your leg, well, I don't know what to do. I, I don't really know. I'm not sure what to do. That's disgusting. I, it's giving me a new level of anxiety, <laughs> knowing that could happen to me. But um, the truth is this, guys, in all honesty, to be serious, if you're going through a time that's fearful, something so strong in your life, the fear is so strong that I don't know about you, but I've been there. It's like you can't see straight. There's like this haze. You know what I'm talking about? It's almost like, hey, Burlington's getting robbed, and all I can think about is the person in front of me. Hmm. It's not good. That at night when you lay your head down, whew. Man, you can't shake the fear. It's so strong. You know what I'm saying? You're like, God, Lord, I, I need help in this moment. That it's starting to affect the way that you act around you. 
And, and maybe you forget like what even God's word has to say. And I remind myself all the time what the word of God has to say because his words are greater than my words. His thoughts are, are greater than my thoughts. And I, I always proclaim this over myself. I say, God, you haven't given me a spirit of fear. You know the, you know the verse, but of power and love and a sound mind, control of what I'm thinking, help what I'm thinking. Hmm. Sometimes it's just hard to know what to do. We came out of a series called Mastermind. How many of you were at that series, Mastermind, man? It was like with three or four weeks. It was great. I learned some things. I really did. I learned um, to think about what you're thinking about. Pay attention to think what you're thinking about. It's like a tongue twister, isn't it? I learned that my strongest thoughts are going to dictate where I'm going to go, what I'm going to see, what I'm going to do. It's like when you're learning to drive a car, wherever you look is where you go. I ran the car in a ditch one time by doing that because <laughs> I was looking at the ditch. That's how life is. Don't look at the ditch. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Keep your eyes focused where you need to go. Amen? Well, today, we're going to continue our series in the book of John. We're getting there, guys. And we're in the book of John. We're in John chapter 18. Um, like I said, we were in a series previous to this one called Mastermind, but we've been in the book of John all year long. We've been bouncing back and forth between the book of John and other series, and if we were to go back about four weeks or so, uh, Pastor Ross gave us a message on John chapter 17. So if you're here for that, that was a great one. It's on Jesus' priestly prayer. We could probably call that Jesus's Lord, or the Lord's prayer, honestly, because he was praying to the Father. There's this communication to the Father, a great example of how we should pray to the Father. But a lot of times we call the Lord's prayer uh, in Matthew, when Jesus is giving the prayer to the disciples and to us, we call that the Lord's Prayer. Jesus really didn't need that prayer because if you know the prayer, it's asking about forgiveness at one part. Jesus didn't need to be forgiven or anything like that. That was just a prayer, prayer for us. So no confusions there. But if you want to go back and watch those messages, I encourage you, go to, like, to YouTube, go to our Facebook, however you watch your, your shows, your your stuff nowadays. I mean, there's a million ways to watch things. It's crazy, isn't it, right? And, um, you go back and watch some of those. Get yourself caught up. There's still time throughout the year, but you don't have to, you don't have to hurry because there's like 18 of them, if I'm not mistaken. That's <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but today I'm going to be preaching on chapter 18. And as we jump into that chapter, I'm not going to preach on the whole entire chapter. I'm actually just going to focus in on more of the, of the first part. Actually, what I'm going to really focus in on today is Peter's denial. When I was asked to preach and I was given the opportunity to preach on chapter 18, I was like, well, that's encouraging. Peter's denial. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're going to make it good because God is good. But um, chapter 18, Peter's denial. There's two things that are happening. You have Jesus' trial right now. Jesus is going through a lot of trials, okay? Everybody's coming against him. And then you have Peter's denial. So I'm going to cover all those verses, but I'm really not going to do a deep dive into Jesus' trials Okay, we don't have time for that today. We're going to focus on the denial of Peter. Um, and uh, what I'd like to do before we get to that point is uh, go ahead and have a word of prayer. Is that cool? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much this morning that uh, we have given our time to hear your word. Some of us are here. None of us are here by accident, but some of us are here maybe not with the most willing hearts today. So, Lord, help our hearts to be open to receive what you have. Holy Spirit, 
Would you use my words, God, not to elevate myself, but to elevate you? That in every season that we're in, Lord, we know that you're good, you're faithful. So let this message touch us today. We love you, Lord, and we give you praise. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, would you stand as we go ahead and read God's word? We're in chapter 18 at the very beginning. This is out of the ESV translation. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples. What were the words? Chapter 17, when he was praying. He went out with his disciples across the brook of Kidron where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priest and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. I'd like to stop there just for a moment. Understand this. This will give you some insight, let you know how important this moment is. When it says a band of soldiers, I don't want you to think like a rock band, like a five-piece kind of thing, right? No. Um, some translations would actually say a cohort of soldiers, meaning that it was a large group of people coming to arrest Jesus. How large? Probably five to 600 is what I've heard. It's a lot of people coming to get Jesus. This is a man of great importance, the most important man, and they know that. Let's pick it back up. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. In the Greek, it would say, I am. I'm really not sure completely why it was changed later on to add, I am he. But he's letting you know that he's the I am. I like that. They may be there for something that wasn't good. <laughs> but even in those moments, he's letting them know that he's good. He's the I am. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, who do you seek? It's like he's given them another opportunity. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that had spoken of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Talking about the disciples there. Then Peter, Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword in its sheath. Repeat that after me. Put your sword in its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? You may be seated. We see some pretty cool things in Scripture here. Um, first, Peter, <laughs> he was a pretty good fisherman. I don't know, you know, some people are like, Peter was a really good fisherman. Well, it was his career, but um, there's some stories where he wasn't catching any fish. So I'm like, Jesus had to help him out there too, right? And uh, so I'm like, okay, he's pretty good. But apparently he wasn't so good with a sword because he wasn't going for the guy's ear. He missed. He's going for his neck. He's going to cut this guy's head off. Now, it would have read a lot different if Jesus had to put his head back on, right? 
Sometimes when you read scripture, slow down. The Holy Spirit will speak to you, and sometimes you can slow down and kind of, it's not reading in between the lines, but you just kind of wonder, wow, God, he, you know, what would it look like if he would have cut his head off, right? He would have put that back on too. Jesus can do whatever he wants, amen? He can put it back on, that's fine. This is a fearful moment Peter's going through. This is, this is a circumstance that's unfolding so fast that the natural defense for Peter was to pull his sword out, you know, to fight. I mean, quite honestly, if this was a sibling of mine or a close friend, my spouse or somebody, and this was going down, you better believe it, I'm going to put up a fight. I'm going to pull my sword out of his sheath, right? And Jesus tells him to put it back. <sighs> Maybe you're familiar with some of these responses that people can have when they're in a fearful or frightful mo moment. These responses were first uh, made known back in the 1920s. Maybe you've heard of them, fight, flight, or freeze. Anybody hear those? The fight, flight, or freeze responses is not necessarily something I'm going to look at a whole lot today by any means, but it makes me think how Peter just kind of fell into one of those real quick. He wanted to fight. How many of you are fighters in the room? Any fighters? I want to. All right, I don't know who has my back. I ain't that big of a guy. I want to make sure. Who's the biggest guy? <laughs> All right. Some of us are, are fighters. Some of us aren't fighters. There was one time I did get into a fight. Now, guys, I didn't start the fight, but boy, I did finish it. That's not good. Man, talking about putting our sword back in its sheath, not taking it out. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. I would have been 11 or 12 years old, and my grandparents, they always did foster care, as long as I could really remember, up until just a few years ago. They, they've done foster care a long time. And not to give you any impressions of children in foster care that are bad by any means, kids are all different, okay? And a lot of times you could get a child that could be in your house and they could be troubled. They've, they're going through a lot, okay? So there's a lot of emotional issues going on and, and all those things, you can probably imagine. And I'm over at my grandparents' house and I'm getting a drink. Now, they would carry all of their, what we would call in the north in Ohio, pop, which you call that Coke here, all the drinks beside the refrigerator. There's a little cubby area, okay? And uh, I was bent down to get a drink. So I'm bent down there to get a drink, and I feel a shove in my back. And I'm like, what was that? Lord? No. I was like, what? So I turn around, and it's one of their foster boys, and he shoved me in the back, and he said, do you want to fight? And I'm so puzzled by it, because I'm like, what have I, what, have, what? What do you mean do I want to fight, you know? I said, no, I, I don't want to fight. I'm just trying to get a drink. And uh, he's like, shoves me again in my chest. Do you want to fight? I'm like, this boy's really getting on to me. What is going on here? Like, I, what have I got myself into? What, I'm just getting something to drink. And he shoves me again. And then I said to him, I said, listen, if you don't let me out of this spot, I'm going to take this 12-pack of Coke. I'm going to pick it up. Now, I'm not very big. I mean, I was 12 at the time, so you can imagine. I'm smaller. So I'm going to pick this up, and I'm going to slam it over your head. Not really the right thing to do, but I was in a threat. I was in a fearful moment. I didn't know I had it in me, but apparently I was uh, going back to one of those responses of fight mode, right? So he shoved me again, and before you knew it, I picked up the 12-pack of Coke with all I had in me, and I slammed it over his head. 
okay? Not in my character whatsoever. I slammed it over his head. And I tell you what, his eyes rolled back, his knees started to go to the ground. I'm like, oh no, don't die on me. I said, like, Lord, you're property of the state. I can't do this. I said, no, but I was serious. I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? So I get out of there and I go right to my pawpaw because my, my pawpaw, you know, it's his foster boy. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I, I hit him over the head with a 12 pack of Coke. And he's like, son, why'd you do that? So I, t- <laughs> I tell him what happened. And, uh, you know, he's like, well, it's self-defense. So it's, it's all right. It all worked out. He never picked on me again. I'll tell you that much. I mean, I like walked around. And I was like, yeah, what's up? You know, <laughs> I was like, you want a Coke? <laughs> no, I didn't do it. I didn't do that. I was thinking about it. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. You get in those moments, just like my mom got in a moment with the purses, and I got in a moment that I was going to get beat up. And boy, fear can just come on you so weird. You start acting in weird ways you just don't want to act. It's true. It was totally out of my character. I'm not that kind of person. I don't go around. I, I probably could have defused the situation. I'm like, no, just let me out and left. But that's not what I did. You know, Jesus had, uh, uh, Peter had been with Jesus a lot, right? This, this is his guy, man. He's been with him a lot. It's hard for me to believe that somebody can be with Jesus so much that they really kind of forget what he told them. Jesus told them ahead of time, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Spoiler alert, <laughs> he denies him three times, right? All three. So why didn't Peter listen to Jesus? Why didn't he listen to what he had to say? Was it just like too hard to grasp? Was he in denial? Like, no, I can't do that already? Jesus is never wrong. I often wonder, why didn't you just ask, like, Lord, I believe what you're saying, but is there a way out? I don't know. We're not really sure, but I do know this. In Luke chapter 22, 31, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might shift you like wheat. Here's what we need to know by that, is Jesus is in control. Jesus is always in control, amen? Jesus could have put his protection around Peter, but Jesus had a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for Peter. A much bigger one. Do you know when you give control to Jesus, he's gonna have a bigger plan and purpose for your life as well? I wanna encourage you to give control to him today. It can seem very hard and sometimes in certain situations, fear can kick in, I want to tell you that we moved here, like I said earlier in the message in 2021, and when we moved here to Georgia, we were coming from New York. To be honest with you and transparent, but appropriate, there is such a thing as appropriate transparency, right? You ever meet one of those people, they're so transparent, you walk away and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't need to know that, you know? (laughs) You're like, I need to pray for them and I need therapy, you know? (laughs) It's not good. But to be transparent with you, when we moved here in 2021 from New York, at the time I was a worship pastor at a church, life was a lot different. COVID happened. Um, When we got here, I was like, so you guys didn't go through COVID? (laughs) Because it didn't look like it. I was like, what is going on? It's like, where's everybody's mask, you know? I had this mask on 24-7. It's like sleeping with it on. No, I didn't do that. That was horrible. You don't want to do that. But I did carry like one in my pocket. I would carry a mask around because you had to have it no matter where you went. It was like, put your mask on. You know, this is New York. Like everybody's wearing a mask. Okay, that's fine. 
So respectful. But um, when we moved here, it wasn't under the best circumstances. And there was a part of me that wanted to have control over it. I didn't know what to do. Sometimes you're in a fearful situation. You have no idea what to do. You have no clue what to do besides just asking some other people for help and, and explaining your situation and what you're going through. Transparency in that moment can be very helpful. Telling people you trust what you're going through. What am I supposed to do? And it would have been one of those things where maybe I could have tried to, you know, hold on to some control. But I decided really quickly that, God, you're in control. Jesus, you're in control. And I'd have these conversations with the Lord. I would just say, Lord, I, financially, I don't know what to do. Jobs are gone. Relationally, we're broken. There's a lot of that. A lot of that. I said, Lord, it's going to take time for you to heal it. And he's still healing it. But I said, the first thing I'm going to do is just give you control of it. Because if I try to hold on to this and I try to do it myself, I'm going to fail. Because I've tried that in the past. And it just always fails. It doesn't work. You just can't do it. You can't hold on to certain things. Sometimes it can seem easier even to run away from situations. Life can present some very hard times. As we turn back to scripture, actually at this point we see Jesus, he's being arrested. He's going through a hard time as well. He's getting ready to face many trials. Back in verse 12, it reads like this. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. These are powerful men. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews what would happen or that it would be expedient that one man should die for the, for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of these man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. This is the first time Peter denied Christ. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, kind of like this morning. And they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. Hmm. You can be warm on the outside and cold on the inside. Now Peter's asked this important question. Are you a disciple of Jesus? In the scripture it says that there's another disciple and they don't necessarily name him but we believe it's probably Judas because it says that he knows what's going on. He's with them. This was a trick of the enemy, right? So Judas is there. Maybe it's not given his name because I don't know, maybe John, the writer, he, they just didn't want to, to say his name or something. Um, but Peter's going through some hard stuff. And I, I would probably be thinking in this moment, Peter might be thinking to himself, what am I doing? I don't know if he's even acknowledged that he's denied Christ, really. The fear can come on really fast. The truth is, we have to change our perspective. So your situation right now, right now or what you're going through 
might feel like that's the only thing happening to you. But a lot of times in those situations, since we're trying to hold on control, the control turns into, and it already is because you're supposed to give it to God, it's sin, right? The threat in our life, what I'm trying to say here is the threat in our life isn't just the situation happening around us. The threat in our life is always sin. It's a condition of the heart. It's a sin problem. We all have it. And it can be small, it can be big. To God's eyes, it's all the same. We do like to kind of categorize our sin sometimes. I mean, honestly, maybe the Lord's working on your heart. Maybe there's some words that you've used that you know they don't please God. You feel it inside. You know that. But you kind of cover it up. Kind of been there. Maybe it's the people you're hanging around with. Now, it's one thing to be a witness to people. It's another thing to have buddies that are causing you to do stuff you shouldn't be doing looking at things you shouldn't be looking at, saying things you shouldn't be saying. You know, it turns in, it's sin, right? The threat's always sin in our lives. This was the threat that's happening to Peter at the moment, denying Christ. First Peter 5.8 says this, be sober mindful, be sober minded, be watchful, excuse me. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I hate to break it to you, the someone is us. It's you, it's me. He's after us. If you're a child of God, he's after us. He's after you and me. When we feel this type of threat, we can know that God sent his son, Jesus, to overcome the world, amen? Jesus said this in John 16, it says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I like that sometimes Jesus is just simple in how he says it, straight to the point. No beating around the bush. Jesus continues to be questioned by the high priest, and Peter, unfortunately, continues to deny Christ. Verse 19 says, the high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teachings. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When, he said. when he had said these things, one of his officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, if, I, if what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then set him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Jesus is allowing these things to happen because he knows the cross is waiting for him. Jesus is still in control. We could look at this scripture and we could probably think, how could this be happening to Jesus? These things aren't just happening to Jesus. These are happening because of Jesus. He's ordained these things. He knew this was going to happen. Just like he knew Simon was going to, Simon Peter was going to deny him three times. No surprise. It reads on in verse 25. It says, now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. Must have been cold that day. So they said to him, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I'm not. It's the second time. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter cut off, asked did I not see you in the garden with him? I think he probably did. <laughs> Peter again denied it. And at once, the rooster crowed. I know it had to be a horrible feeling for Peter. 
probably one of the lowest moments, if not the lowest moment of his life, knowing what he just did, hearing that rooster crow. I often think of like all the movies that we've probably seen. If you, know, if you grew up in church at all, you've probably seen a lot of these Christian movies of Peter denying Christ and, and how they always show Peter just weeping and, and in sorrow and, and how he feels. And some of those actually relate to me because I can't imagine being with somebody that is your Lord, your Savior. Like I said, this is Peter. The miracles he saw. This is the guy that got to walk on water. That's amazing. Jesus calls him out. Because he has great faith, he walks on water for a moment. It's hard to, to think like so quickly we can forget what the Lord's done for us. We can forget, like I said at the beginning, I played this song for my son. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. For many of us, that's what he's done. He's touched us. He saved us just in time. I want to give you one more spoiler alert. Later, after Jesus' resurrection, we're told that in John 21, this is after Jesus is risen from the dead, Jesus asked Peter, and, and they're having a conversation, they're sitting down, and Scripture says it has something to eat. There's always food. <laughs> oh, you hang around church enough, there's always going to be food. I'm going to eat after this. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I just did a, a bad pastor no-no. You never tell people about food while you're preaching. That's all they think about. Erase it, rewind. But Jesus is sitting with Peter, and Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Hmm. And Peter gets the opportunity to say to Jesus, yeah, you know I love you. He actually says, feed my sheep, but he says, okay. And then Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you, do you love me? And he said, yes, of course I love you. And he asked him one more time, three times, do you love me? And Peter gets to tell him a third time that he loves him. Isn't it cool how Jesus knew the outcome? He knew three times the denial, but he also knew three times reaffirming his love that Peter would have a chance to do that. As we begin to close today, I wouldn't want to close out the message without being able to leave you with something that you can take with you and maybe overcome some of the fears you're going through. Sometimes we find ourselves in a place and we just don't know how to get out. So these have helped me and I want to give them to you, how to overcome fears. Here's some practical steps. The first one is pray over your circumstance. How many of you know that we should start with prayer? Prayer is not just talking to God, it's talking with God. So allow yourself time to hear from the Holy Spirit. Don't be in such a rush. It's okay to say a quick prayer. I think some of those quick prayers are some of the most powerful prayers, to be honest with you. But if you can take the time to hear from the Holy Spirit, ask for wisdom and strength when you're experiencing fears in your life. The second one that I want to give you is proclaim scripture. We need to proclaim scripture over our life. Let me give you some scripture this morning that you can use to have you help you overcome some fears. Psalm 56.3, it says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Amen. Practice, or oh, I'm sorry, let me keep giving you another one. We'll get to the third one here in a second. Psalms 46, 1, it says this, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in time of trouble. 
In John 14, 27, this is one of my favorites. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He is the Prince of Peace. When we have fear, we can put our hope in Jesus. We can believe for a great outcome because all his ways are good. The third one is practice trust. And this is probably the hardest one for me. And I'll, I'll just be honest, because the first one, I can pray. And some of us need help on prayer, that's fine. But I feel like there's enough prayers out there, I can even read them. And the second one, I can read scripture over my life. But to practice trust, how do we practice trust? What does that look like? One of the ways we can do that is remember his faithfulness. He's always been faithful. He's always been faithful. To me, he'll be faithful to you. He was faithful to Peter. He'll be faithful. Thank him for being good in the moment. So your moment might seem pretty cruddy. You may hate it. You may be asking like I was, God, what am I going to do? I am completely trying to have control over this, and I, I don't know what to do. Hmm. Begin to thank him for the smallest thing that you can think of. Thank him in the moment. Thank him for if you have your health. Thank him for if you have transportation. Thank him for if you have children. Thank him for if you have clothes on your back. Thank him for if you have a pair of shoes. Thank him for the small things. It will start to change your mind. It will give you gratitude. It will give you hope. And the last one is practice, or I'm sorry, practice trust. And the, and the last thing I would give you is write down the struggles that you're going through. Make them known to God. To practice trust, sometimes we just have to simply write them down and lift them up to him. It's really nothing complicated, but it does take action. And sometimes in our walk with Christ, I don't think it's ever really complicated. It just takes action. It takes us being able to do something. So these steps, I hope they help you. You can expand on these. Um, they're, just a, they're just a starter. They're nothing real, real in-depth. But I can tell you this, if you start doing them, it's going to help change your life. It will definitely help you. Peter denying Jesus three times it did not disqualify him for the love of God. And maybe you're here today and you feel like you've denied or turned your back on Christ. I want you to know that you have not been disqualified from the love of God. His love is that good. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll be closer than a brother. When you're in moments of fear that exhaustion can seem overwhelming, there's one thing that I always do, and that's call in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus has the power to take away those fears. The name of Jesus has the power to knock the enemy down. We saw that at the beginning by just him saying, I am, to this large group of people. That's why I said, remember, this is not a small group. This is a big enemy coming to face him. And by the power of his words, by saying, I am, they had to fall to the ground. It was only by his power that they were able to get back up. If you feel like that's you today, and you're like, you know what, I've actually never called on the name of Jesus. I, I don't even follow Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. And I also want to pray over us that if we have any fears in our life right now that seem crippling, and making us act in ways, boy, we wish we wouldn't act, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that would be changed in our lives. Amen? Let's pray today.
Father, I just come to you right now with every head bowed and eye closed. I come to you in the name of Jesus and I just thank you for your goodness. That when we face a lot of fear in our life, when we feel like there's no hope, you are the hope, the hope of the world. So Jesus, help us when we try to take our sword out of its sheath and cut the enemy down by ourselves. help us to put it back in. Help us, Lord, when we feel like we're trying to have control over a situation that we know deep in our heart we're not in control of, we turn it over to you, we give you control. Lord, we thank you that you're gonna give peace over these fears that we may have. God, as we continue to pray, this prayer is for the one that's never followed you. This is the prayer of salvation. And maybe today you're in the room, maybe you're watching online, and you know you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The church, everybody's gonna just repeat this as an encouragement to you. Repeat this prayer after me, please. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And today I receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I believe Jesus died and rose from the grave so I can be forgiven. And this has given me new life. This is my new beginning, and I am a child of God. Amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap of praise for he's worthy? Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.